Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net and poweredmanifestation.com on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. And I didn't manage to do the show on Wednesday, unfortunately, because my dog, Keisha, um, tore her one of her dew claws and I had blood everywhere and poor girl. So I had to take her to the vet and then she had a reaction to the um, anti-inflammatory that they gave her. So um, it, I was having to keep watch over her all Wednesday until she was feeling better. But um, here we have uh, another action-packed show. And today is the 2nd of April, 2022. And the main topics of today's show are Russia, Hunter's Laptop, the Disney boycott that everybody's calling for, and soft on child porn. So I'm going to start with some um, commentary on the Russia situation. I think by now we all realise that it's a complete psyop and that the things that were told by the mainstream media are happening in Ukraine are actually fabrications because we've had exposed the use of uh, footage from different countries, different years. We saw a farcical uh, clip of Don Lemon from CNN, I think it's CNN, um, standing in front of supposedly a fuel depot on fire. And I think this was the same one that was showing uh, firefighters with Edmonton Canada name on the back of their jacket. So, you know, people were saying, oh, well, maybe they donated to Ukraine and all this kind of thing. But uh, as it was one of many sham uh, footages, I think we can safely assume that it was another piece of fake news and uh, one thing before I start on the content here there was a really good and we know interview of Lara Logan she used to be on Fox uh, she's been on the paid streaming service her show was uh, no I think no agenda something like that and then she was removed from Fox because of some comment I can't remember if it was about Ukraine or Covid or whatever um, she'd also been on several of the Fox News shows as well. But she's an amazing woman. Um, she was a war correspondent. She's won multiple Emmys. And she was basically dropping so many red pills about not only Ukraine, but other things as well. And it's quite a long interview. But this woman is amazing. And I really recommend that you look at And We Know on Rumble and find the Lara Logan interview because it's definitely worth watching. So let's move on. Um, this was a post that was shared on Facebook. And it's actually from Alexander Dugin, a top Russian philosopher on the war in Ukraine. And it says, this is not a war with Ukraine. It's a comparison with globalism as an integral planetary phenomenon. It's a comparison on all levels, geopolitical and ideological. Russia rejects everything in globalism, unipolarism, Atlanticism on the one hand, and liberalism, anti-tradition, technocracy, great reset in a word, on the other. It is clear that all European leaders are part of the Atlantic liberal elite. And we're at war with exactly this, hence their legitimate reaction. Russia is now excluded from globalist networks. He no longer has a choice to either build his world or disappear. Russia has set a path to build its world, its civilization, 
and now the first step has been made. But sovereign in the face of globalism, it can only be a large space, a continent state, a civilization state. No country can withstand a complete disconnect for long. Incidentally, this is a, a translation, so some of the grammar might be a little bit dodgy. Russia is creating a global resistance camp. His victory will be a victory for all alternative forces, both right and left, and for all peoples. We are, as always, beginning the most difficult and dangerous processes. But when we win, everyone takes advantage. That's the way it has to be. We are setting the ground for real multipolarity. And those who are ready to kill us now will be the first to benefit from our enterprise tomorrow. I almost always write things that then come true. This too will come true. And again, what does it mean for Europe to break up with the West? He is the salvation, the modern West, where the Rothschild, Soros, Schwab, Bill Gates and Zuckerberg triumph, is the most disgusting thing in the history of the world. It's no longer the West of Mediterranean Greco-Roman culture, nor the Christian Middle Ages, nor the violent and contradictory 20th century. It's a graveyard of toxic waste of civilization. It's anti-civilization. And the sooner and more completely the Russia breaks off, the sooner it returns to its roots. To what? Christian, Greco-Roman, Mediterranean, European, that is, to the common roots of the real West. These roots, their own. The modern West cut them off and they stayed in Russia. Only now Eurasia is raising its head. Only now liberalism in Russia is losing ground under our feet. Russia is not Western Europe. Russia followed Greeks, Byzantines and Eastern Christianity. And he's still following that road. Yes, with zigzags and detours, sometimes in dead ends, but it's moving. Russia is out to defend the values of tradition against the modern world. It's really that revolution against the modern world. Have you not learned? And Europe must break up with the West, and also the United States must follow those who refuse globalism. And then everyone will understand the meaning of modern war in Ukraine. Many people in the Ukraine understand that, but the terrible, rabid, liberal Nazi propaganda left nothing in the minds of the Ukrainians. They will come back to their senses and they will fight together with us for the kingdom of light, for tradition and a true European Christian identity. The Ukrainians are our brothers. They were, are and will be. A breakup with the West is not a breakup with Europe. It's a breakup with death, degeneration and suicide is the key to recovery. And Europe itself, the European peoples, should follow our example, topple the anti-national globalist council and build a real European house, a European palace, a European cathedral. Alexander Dugin. And this is what I've been saying all along, along with many of you. <laughs> that all this, you know, I stand with Ukraine, given that all the bad guys are behind Ukraine, Soros, uh, Schwab, Biden, of course, and uh, all the usual suspects, it, it kind of speaks volumes that they're the last people we should be supporting. We need to be supporting Russia in exposing the corruption, in taking out the biolabs, and removing the neo-Nazis from the Ukraine. And of course, this is very much linked to Hunter Biden's laptop and Joe Biden's role as when he was VP of being, you know, in charge of the Ukrainian affairs and all the corruption that Hunter was involved with and that... Joe Biden was up to his neck in as well, even though he claims that he was never involved in Hunter's business. But, of course, we know that Hunter travelled on Air Force Two to China with uh, Joe Biden and did a major deal there with the CCP. So, you know, the more that this is coming out, the more that they're both, the whole family is in trouble. And this seems to be why the 
fake news is picking up on the story because I think it's got to the point where they can't continue to deny it anymore. And other people think that it's a, a prelude to Joe Biden's removal. Uh, Tucker Carlson was calling for his removal under the 25th Amendment uh, earlier this week. So, and he, he's, you know, continuing to make gaffes and um, have his statements walked back by the White House. And now we've got Jen Psaki, who is leaving the White House as the press secretary and going to MSNBC. And we think that she's, you know, leaving a sinking ship. And of course, people were saying, well, you know, that'd be perfect for her because she's done nothing but lie in that role anyway. And perhaps she's running away from the likes of Peter Ducey, who poses questions that she either tries to avoid or simply can't answer. So interesting. I do feel everything is coming to a head. You know, it's uh, more and more bad news for the deep state, for the Democrats, for the rhinos. It's all being exposed. It's fabulous. So I just want to cover a couple of other commentaries, and these are from Telegram. The first is from Bioclandestine. Just so we're all clear, Hunter Biden was funneling US Department of Defense funds to privately owned biolabs in a country with Nazi military forces and proceeded to conduct dangerous research which led to the release of a genetically modified pathogen with enhanced transmissibility and lethality that ruined the world and killed millions worldwide, COVID-19, which in turn caused Russia to move in with military force and neutralise these US-funded labs being protected by Nazi military forces. Russia wasn't kidding when they said they were denazifying Ukraine just like Russia wasn't kidding when they said the US were creating bioweapons in Ukraine, just like they weren't kidding when they said they didn't want to take Ukraine. If Putin wanted, they could have flattened Ukraine in a few days, but no, they neutralised the labs and stopped. So Putin is conducting a precise military operation against Nazis. He's shutting down biolabs from the country that was responsible for the release of the pathogen that caused the worldwide pandemic. Kind of sounds like Putin is the good guy here. Could you imagine if actual military Nazi forces were protecting labs in Mexico and Canada and the people operating these labs were responsible for creating and letting out COVID-19? Every single American will be calling for our military to bomb the out of whomever is responsible. That's how the Russian people feel. They prefer not to let the Nazis have bioweapons at their border. I'm not saying Russia is innocent, no country is. But to think the US government is innocent is just ridiculous. Why do we hate Russia? Because they have nukes, a strong military, and use harsh government surveillance and propaganda on their people. You mean all the exact same shit we do? You have been conditioned to hate Russia. We used to be allies with Russia. When we prosecuted the Nazis at Nuremberg, Russia was one of the four countries assisting in the tribunals. Over the past 30 years, our government has been no better than Russia. In fact, Russia is not involved in releasing pandemic-inducing pathogens and killing millions of people worldwide. If anything... Recent evidence would suggest the US government is far worse, not to mention they are currently supplying weapons to Nazi military forces, so that really doesn't help their argument. This world needs correction. We can't go on like this. Truth will eventually prevail and future generations will look back on this time with absolute horror. But before we get there, we will continue to endure this great suffering. When the suffering concludes, it will be unforgettable and unforgivable. This will deter future generations from allowing this to happen again, as the scars from this torment will never fade. These acts are that of true evil. The people will never forget. Look at this insanity. This article will be in history books one day, highlighting the propaganda campaign that went on during this period in American and world history. 
The New World Order and their brainwashed minions are defending actual proud Nazi battalion in Ukraine military, while calling every Trump supporter a Nazi for the past five plus years now. They truly don't see the irony in this. Look at the NSM desperately trying to label this Nazi battalion as far right, a blanket label they made up and slap on anyone to the right of Karl Marx. The Nazis are short for the National Socialist German Workers' Party. The German Nazis were not far right, they were socialist leftists. The Nazis used mass censorship, media control, propaganda, mass surveillance, mass human medical experimentation. They implemented government-centralised and controlled schools, medicine, media, entertainment, food production, energy production. This is quite literally the modern-day left-wing agenda. They want to control what your kids learn, what medical procedures you take, what pathogens are released, what news you consume, what shows you watch, what food you eat, what energy capabilities you have. Wow, the 30s and 40s Nazi agenda kind of sounds exactly like the current DNC agenda. The National German Socialist Workers' Party is synonymous with the current US Socialist DNC. And of course, the state-controlled media have repeatedly pushed disinformation, labelling the Nazi ideology as right-wing to distort reality and brainwash their loyal sheep and then turning around and telling the same sheep to defend a literal Nazi battalion in the Ukrainian military. Folks, this is completely abnormal. The US military do not have units of any kind dedicated to political ideology or any ideology for that matter. The fact that Ukraine has a unit that requires an ideological commitment is already highly unethical. But it's not just any ideology, it's effing Nazism. Now, the left-wing media are telling you why supporting actual Nazis is a good thing. But make sure you still call all Trump supporters Nazis, despite the fact that the conservative agenda is the opposite of Nazism. And the entire liberal agenda is synonymous with the Nazi agenda. While we use your tax dollars to send weapons to the Nazis, and our country struggles mightily. Folks, it's time to start calling it like it is. The left are now admitted Nazi supporters. That's not sensationalism, hyperbole or political bias. It's real. The DNC's agenda is synonymous with that of Nazism. They militaristically support these Nazis with our tax dollars to defend our biological laboratories in their country. And now the president wants to send our military over there to fight alongside the admitted Nazis. In summary, the left-wing are Nazis. The left-wing media and their sheep are supporting a country with a militarised Nazi battalion. They are pushing pro-Nazi war propaganda. They support the Nazi socialist agenda and are in favour of the same centralised government. The left are Nazis now. Don't let them forget it. Now, just before I move on to the Hunter laptop story, I just want to share this... um, text that was sent to me and I've no idea the source of this but I thought it was a very interesting and good overview of the situation that we're in at the moment and it says none of this is supposed to be happening they weren't supposed to lift the lockdowns and mask and vaccine mandates Omicron made them do that Putin wasn't supposed to invade Ukraine and expose the literal Nazis and biolabs there to the world. Durham isn't supposed to be coming and zeroing right in on Hillary Clinton and her team at her campaign headquarters at Perkins Coy or Fusion GPS. They're not supposed to be having to suddenly reverse themselves on the Biden crime family investigation, frantically trying to get their captive audience up to speed before what's coming arrives. There wasn't supposed to be a great awakening. What they had planned on was the Great Reset, but the Great Reset is dead and they can't stop the Great Awakening. The boundaries are shifting, the lines are being redrawn, nations are realigning It's too late to stop it, and thank God for it. 
And another one, many are still frustrated at the pace of this operation, and understandably so, because this sucks. But if you examine the current landscape from a different perspective, the operation becomes clear. You have to look from the future. Think back to front. You have to consider how the history books will read 30 plus years from now. When new generations are born, free of the brainwashing, when the legacy media dies beneath the unbearable weight of truth, the history books will describe the unfathomable horrors committed in this era. They will view the US in the same light we view Nazi Germany, Maoist China, Stalinist Russia, Mussolini Italy and all the horrific rulers of old. Based on what is happening now, here are some major themes future generations will cover in history class. US created biologically enhanced pathogens in other countries around the globe and released them on the world population, killing millions. US used this created pandemic to change the voting system and subvert an election with mass-scale voter fraud. US used this created pandemic to pursue mass-forced experimental injections. US used this created pandemic to install a medical police state. US infiltrated social media, big tech and MSM to control the flow of information in an attempt to censor any dissent from the approved COVID-19 narrative. US used this created pandemic to shut down small businesses and fired 50 million plus Americans overnight. US media complex used advanced psychological brainwashing techniques and mass propaganda to fabricate death counts, case counts, hospitalization counts, etc. US covered up viable treatments for COVID-19 to make way for emergency use authorization for forced vaccinations. US perverted science by ignoring natural immunity to pursue heinous political agendas. US censored and attacked scientists speaking out about COVID-19 via the intelligence community. US committed mass genocide and covered it up. That's how the US will be remembered. Now many of you will say it wasn't the US, it was the globalists and Democrats. You are correct. However, the future doesn't give a shit, just like we only remember 1930s to 40s Germany as Nazi Germany. Can anyone name a single one of the six other parties in Germany at that time? You see my point? Due to the ever so important fact that the people got to see all of this play out, the future will never forget this terrible era in American history. Just as every great empire in history, it eventually ends. Absolute power absolutely corrupts. And the case is no different here in the US. So yes, we all want this process to be over. But understand that the longer this goes on, the more examples of evil that are exposed, the more impact it will have on deterring future generations from allowing these ideologies to rise again. Like my father always said, you can tell a child the stove is hot, but he doesn't really know the stove is hot until it burns the shit out of him. This is how I was raised, by learning things the hard way. Well, that is what America is experiencing right now. Many, as, many of us have been screaming for decades that liberalism was globalism, socialism, communism in disguise. Unfortunately, the masses didn't listen. Now they are the metaphorical child that didn't listen and got burned by the stove. This burn will sting for a long time and you can bet your sweet ass that child will be much more cautious the next time he uses the stove. This is what's taking so long. The burn has to be applied longer so the wound never fades. We are driving the stake deeper and deeper into the heart of the globalist and liberal ideologies, sorry, ideologies, to eliminate them once and for all. This will take time. Just know that one day this will all be worth it. And many of us who have been awake have been warning people about the similarities between what's been happening here and what happened in Nazi Germany leading up to World War II. And just in the same way that the start of this um, narrative was talking about the other countries that were involved in um, as allies of Germany, you know, um, 
Ish Mussolini Italy and of course then there was Japan in, in World War Two and everything we're seeing this as an actual world war we are in World War Three and it is not a, a war currently of weapons uh, at least not military weapons it's a war of um, psychological weapons and biological weapons and um Look at the countries that have also been following this same playbook. We had Austria with amazing lockdowns. We still have Canada in a very, very um, totalitarian regime. The same goes for Australia. Um, Spain was shut down. UK was shut down. The list goes on and on. Look at the whole of the EU, for example. So the parallels are amazing when you actually stand back and look at the big picture. Now I want to segue into the laptop uh, scenario. And I found uh, an article on welovetrump.com. So this was published two days ago and its title is Massive Ukraine Press Release Exposes Biden Crime Family. Uh, it says in a brand new one plus hour long press conference, interfax.com.ua has just released a trove of information exposing the Biden, Biden crime family. This has been entirely ignored by the MSM, but we're covering it here. Now, I started watching this. I only watched a short um, section of it because... It reminded me of what was released back in 2020. And, you know, I've said many times that I don't like to report on what is false information because, well, it just undermines everything I try and do in terms of what I'm sharing with you. So I always do some digging to find out if this is true or not. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I know this guy. I've seen him on you know, previous press conference. So I did some digging and what I found was that this seems to have been from back in uh, 2020, probably September 2020. And it was at the time when um, this guy, whose name is Andrei, he was a Ukrainian MP, Andrei Durkach, who turned out to be supposedly a Russian uh, asset and in fact has been sanctioned by the US probably because what he said was actually true. So I'm, I'm challenging the statement that this is a you know latest uh, just released uh, press conference but what I did do was I took some notes of the first few minutes which was basically a summary of what they have and he's basically saying that they have documents recordings numbers and in fact you know evidence so let me just cover these because I even though this is not the latest news I think it's still worth knowing what they're saying they have about the Hunter Biden situation and the Joe Biden situation Number one, withdrawal of millions of dollars stolen from Ukrainian people laundered and transferred to accounts of companies owned by the Biden family. Two, new recordings of conversations between Petro Poroshenko, who was then president, and former Vice President Joe Biden testifying to external governance. In other words, the US were interfering in the Ukrainian uh, government. <clears throat> Three, colossal corruption schemes related to procurement of coal and gas, resulting in Ukrainians paying 30% higher utility tariffs. At that time, the highest officials of Ukraine and the US participated in these schemes. Of course, this was when Obama was in power. Number four, embezzlement of hundreds of thousands of dollars of te technical assistance provided to Ukraine by the US as well as evidence of deliberate sabotage of the Prosecutor General's Office of Ukraine. And that obviously relates to Joe Biden demanding to withhold this billion-dollar debt um, 
guarantee if Poroshenko didn't fire uh, the Shokin, the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. And he said, this is supported by documents, numbers and records given to us by investigative journalists, people with information about corruption schemes and witnesses who are directly involved in a number of processes. So this is a reminder of what we were seeing before the election, which, of course, was suppressed because... They didn't want this, you know, the the fake news and the deep state did not want this to come out prior to the election because they wanted Biden installed. Now, the next amazing thing is that Senator Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson have been um, reporting to, I don't know if it's the Senate or the Congress. Oh, yeah, Congress. Um about what they've been investigating relating to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. So this came as quite a surprise, well, to me, as well as many other people, I think. This is on redvoicemedia.com, and it was published March 29th. Biden crime family's financial ties to the Chinese Communist Party read into congressional record. And uh, from what I understand, they are planning to release more information on a daily basis. So that would be interesting. I don't know if they've done anything since the 29th. I haven't actually seen anything. But then I've kind of been swamped with (laughs) so many emails coming in, you know, newsletters. So let me go through this one. Before Americans even had the chance to cast their vote, it seemed that the fairy tale story of Joe Biden was coming to an end when Hunter Biden's laptop was found and the details made public. Not only was Hunter's addiction with sex, drugs and money on full display, but the entire business dealings between the Biden family and the Chinese Communist Party were also among the contents. Still, the laptop was buried as it was classified as Russian misinformation. But now that Biden is in the White House and the laptop authenticated, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa recently revealed evidence linking the Bidens to China and did it on the Senate floor. In the video, which can be watched above, Senator Grassley explained, our report exposed extensive financial relationships between Hunter and James Biden and Chinese nationals connected to the communist regime. These were Chinese nationals connected to the Chinese government's military and intelligence service. One of those individuals was a prayer person by the name of Patrick Hall. According to reports, Hunter Biden said of Patrick Hall, quote, I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of Patrick Cole. Then Hunter Biden says the F word denoting a spy chief of China who started a company that my partner, who is worth $323 billion, founded and is now missing, end that quote. Using a company called CEFC, the senator admitted, CEFC operated under the guise of a private company, but for all intents and purposes, to, as an arm of a Chinese government, Hunter Biden. And James Biden served as a perfect vehicle by which the communist Chinese government could gain inroads here in the United States through CFC and its affiliates. And these inroads were focused on Chinese advancement into the global and U.S. energy sector. Senator Grassley didn't just hurl accusations at the Biden family, as he also brought evidence. This is a portion of a document that we, meaning Senator Johnson and I, will release in full. The topic of this poster shows a wire transaction, August 4th, 2017, from CFC to Wells Fargo Clearing Services for $100,000. Now look at the bottom of the poster. This is the underlying data of this transaction. It states, quote, further credit to a Wasco. End of quote. Wasco is Hunter Biden's firm. Now, there doesn't, there is no middleman in this transaction. This is $100,000 from what is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese government direct to Hunter Biden. Knowing that the media would most definitely label it as disinformation, Grassley concluded, today is just a small taste. 
I'd like to know one thing before Senator Johnson takes over. He's going to describe to you the ridiculous attacks that we received, claiming that our reports were Russian disinformation. On March the 16th of this year, the New York Times unwittingly substantiated our reports by reporting on Hunter Biden's connection to, for, to foreign corporations and his potential criminal exposure. So what Senator Johnson and I made public last Congress is now a prevailing fact pattern that even the liberal media can't ignore any longer and falsely label Russian disinformation. And then we have uh, Resist the Mainstream reporting Matt Gates enters Hunter Biden laptop into congressional record. Jerry Nadler tried to block his request. Well, surprise, surprise. This was March 29th as well. In a blow to the Biden family, Representative Matt Gates, a Republican Florida, successfully entered content from Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. Gates made the motion to formally enter the laptop's contents into the congressional record on Tuesday during a hearing on oversight of the FBI's cyber division. The hearing was prompted after the cyber division's assistant director, Brian Vaudron, testified that he didn't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop, which was turned over to the FBI in December 2019 after being abandoned at a computer repair store in Delaware. The vague and limited answers angered many conservatives who asserted the FBI, particularly under former director James Comey, conspired to protect and aid Joe Biden and undermine Donald Trump. The New York Post reports that since the laptop was turned into the FBI, the computer repair store owner, John Paul MacIsaac, has received death threats, was forced to hire private security and ultimately had to close his shop. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, Democrat New York, a central figure in the Trump impeachment hearings, unsuccessfully attempted to block Gates's request. According to the New York Post, Nadler withdrew his objections after what Gates described as consultation with majority staff. Following that consultation, Gates said, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee content from, files from and copies from the Hunter Biden laptop. Chairman Nadler responded without objection. Gates celebrated his successful manoeuvring by posting a clip of the exchange between him and Nadler on social media, signalling what he hopes will be the next move he included in his post, subpoena Hunter Biden. Today, Gates also announced coming legislation called the Spook Who Cried Wolf Resolution, which would indefinitely bar security clearances to 51 former US intelligence officials who signed a letter decrying the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation. Based on false or limited information, that letter provided cover for then-candidate Biden and aided in his 2020 election win. Politico reports that the letter, dated October 19, 2020, was signed by more than 50 intelligence experts, including five former CIA directors or acting directors, evidences a conspiracy to sway the election in Biden's favour. And then we have uh, Epoch Times reporting, CIA officer who signed Hunter Biden laptop letter claims credit for Trump loss. This again was the 29th. One of the former CIA officers who signed a letter claiming stories about a laptop allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden were disinformation says he helped swing the 2020 election away from President Donald Trump. I take pride, special pride, in personally swinging the election away from Trump, John Seifer, who served for decades as a senior operations officer at the CIA, wrote in a recent post on Twitter. I lost the election for Trump. Well, then I felt pretty good about my influence. Cypher and 50 other former U.S. intelligence officials signed the letter on October 19, 2020, alleging that the effort to distribute the laptop's contents has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, despite not knowing whether the laptop was leg legitimate. The letter was at the core of a story from Politico that claimed the New York Post story about the laptop was Russian disinformation. 
The Post was the, the first to report about emails on the laptop, which was dropped off at a computer repair store and never picked up by then-candidate Joe Biden's son, according to the store's owner. While the FBI picked up the computer and hard drive from the store's owner, the Bureau's apparent inaction in probing the matter prompted the store owner to pass on a copy of the hard drive to an attorney representing former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who in turn passed it to the Post. The October 14, 2020 story about the emails came as some voters were still deciding whether to vote for Biden or Trump. The story was widely questioned by legacy media outlets suppressed by social media platforms and claimed to be part of a Russian effort despite top officials such as DNI John Radcliffe saying there was no evidence that this was the case. Cypher is one of the few former officials who signed the letter to respond to fresh questions about the laptop's contents after more legacy media outlets, including Politico, said they've confirmed that it's legitimate. Cypher got into arguments with former acting DNI Richard Grinnell and others on Twitter where he later said his claims of helping Trump lose were sarcasm. So um, there is some more in this article. I'm not going to go through it. But basically, people have been saying this was treasonous because you're interfering in the results of an in the uh, lead up to an election, which have, you know, affected the results. It's very much like that um, Time magazine article that came out about fortifying the election and all the ways that they interfered with it. So I'm hoping that these people all face justice very soon because they've actually, in effect, admitted it. Now, there's a lot of talk at the moment about how um, the contents of the laptop have compromised Joe Biden, particularly in relation to his conduct regarding Ukraine and also China, really. And... There's an article from uh, Neon Nettle. This was the 29th as well. It seems to have been a hot day for news about the Hunter laptop. Defence Department encryption keys found on Hunter Biden's laptop. Expert analysis of laptop from hell uncovers sensitive government data. The DOD encryption keys were found on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. The troubling discovery was made during an expert analysis of the computer's hard drive, which is being carried out by a former top government intelligence official. The laptop was found after it was abandoned by Hunter Biden at a Delaware computer store. The content of the laptop's hard drive is currently undergoing an ongoing analysis by leading experts. Sam Faddis, a retired CIA operations officer who served in the Near East and South Asia, is leading the analysis of the drive. Faddis has just raised the alarm after discovering highly sensitive DOD encryption keys on the laptop. The ongoing analysis of the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop revealed the Defense Department encryption keys Faddis disclosed. However, the expert warns that it, this is not an insignificant find. These keys allow access to DOD email accounts and databases, he said. The exact number of these keys is still unknown. There may be dozens. It remains unclear why Hunter Biden, who is not now and has never been a Defense Department employee, would have any of these encryption keys at all. Since Hunter has so many relatives, friends and associates at the highest level of government, we will probably never get the full answer to that question. But this is no innocuous oversight. Faddis explains that the keys are known more formally as root encryption certificates. Some of them appear to have unusually long expiration dates, with many lasting 20 years or more. Such keys should not be present on a personal laptop of any kind, and there is no known reason that Hunter Biden will be in possession of them at all. There is no known reason, but Hunter Biden is a man with connections. These connections are for the most part still in power and they have demonstrated that they're more interested in seeing this revelation go away than they are in finding out why Hunter had the encryption keys. Faddis noted that the keys were discovered only recently by Jack Max's technical team working in Switzerland. Shortly after the discovery of the keys, Maxi contacted the U.S. Embassy in Switzerland 
and reported that he had information that might compromise American national security and would like to talk to someone in the regional security office to report what he had learned. His contact information was taken by the person with whom he spoke, but no one has ever called back to obtain the information in his possession. Well, surprise, surprise. Uh, Faddis reports that an IT technical expert advising Max's team has speculated that the keys present on Hunter's laptop might have allowed Hunter to create throwaway email accounts on DOD servers and thereby route personal and business communications through those servers to escape detection. Such an arrangement will be, in effect, a much more sophisticated version of Hillary Clinton's use of her homebrew server to evade monitoring of her communications while she was Secretary of State. Clinton apparently wanted to keep some of her communications from becoming public. Faddis points out that the FBI has had Hunter's laptop since well before the 2020 election. Thus, if the information currently in Max's possession from DOD is correct and encryption keys giving access to DOD systems were still active until Maxi and his team discovered their presence and reported them, that would seem to suggest strongly that the FBI has never bothered to investigate what is on the hard drive. And just quickly before I move on, Conservative Brief have reported Hunter Biden probe is broader than previously known. This was yesterday, April 1st. Uh, I can't read it all, I don't have time, but I'll just read the introduction. When the New York Times, CNN and others admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop story was real, it could have been because they knew more was coming. On Thursday, CBS News reporter Catherine Herridge said that the investigation that started as a probe into Hunter's taxes has become broader than previously known. More witnesses have come forward to speak to the grand jury in Wilmington, Delaware, and they have been asked about payments that Hunter received when he was on the board of the energy company Burisma in Ukraine, ABC News reported. The U.S. Attorney's Office for Delaware, which has been leading the investigation, is expected to hear from more witnesses in the coming weeks. Sources say that prosecutors have not made a decision yet on whether criminal charges against Biden are warranted and that there is debate about whether Biden's admitted past drug abuse could serve to undermine a criminal case over his financial decision-making. Huh. Hmm. But there are people speculating that indictments are imminent uh, for Hunter Biden. So that's why all these fake news media are trying to get ahead of the story and reporting on the laptop, because if they're still talking about Russian misinformation, really, they're going to end up with a lot of egg on their faces. So moving on to the um, Florida bill that's just been signed into law by DeSantis. It's what the left's, you know, the liberals, progressive, whatever, have been terming the um, we say gay law, something like that. Um and basically, he signed into law. The key thing is preventing uh, the kindergarten to year three students from being uh, presented with sex education, including about transgenderism. The liberals, progressives, uh, Democrats, etc., have been claiming it's homophobic and and it's transgenderphobic, which of course it isn't. It's just about protecting children from sexualization and presenting them with completely inappropriate materials, and in a, in a way, a form of grooming. And the CEO of Disney responded. And she has what she says is a transgender child and a pansexual child um, basically threatening to try and overturn this law that DeSantis has signed in to Florida State. And there's an article from Blaze Media, and it's really about how people are standing up to this at Disney. And there's a call to boycott Disney the Disney Plus channel, any Disney products, visiting the theme parks, everything. And Disney's stock uh, values are dropping like a stone. And this article is Mum's goodbye message to Disney goes viral. Disney has transformed into a political propaganda machine that grooms children for abortions and sexual promiscuity. Christian, Kristen Hawkins, mother, podcaster and president of Students for Life of America, 
says that she and her family are saying goodbye to Disney World and all it entails. What are the details? In a fiery op-ed for Fox News, Hawkins said that she's heartbroken over what she describes as Disney's more progressive slant. Upon watching its newest movie with Pixar entitled Turning Red, it's clear that the clock has finally struck midnight for Disney's era of whimsical fairy tales with moral lessons, she wrote. Gone are the innocent days of bibbity-bobbity-boo, Disney has now transformed into a political propaganda machine that grooms children for abortions and sexual promiscuity and nothing showcases their regression into a progressive pumpkin better than their new movie. And incidentally, this goes alongside the leaked videos. And this is again Blaze Media. Leaked videos show Disney employees boasting about forcing LGBT agenda into content. Leaked videos show Walt Disney Company executives and other high-level employees boasting about implementing a gay agenda through the company's work, whose primary audience is children. Journalist Christopher Rufo obtained video from an inside all-hands meeting in which Disney employees discuss Florida's Parental Rights in Education bill, which protests, protects students in kindergarten through third grade from receiving classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. Disney has expressed outrage over the bill which Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law on Monday. In one video, executive producer Latoya Raveno, who works on shows like Rise Up, Sing Out and The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, explained she had a baffling experience when she joined Disney and her pro-LGBT ideas were welcomed. In another video, Disney corporate president Kari Burke who describes herself as the mother of two queer children, actually one transgender child and one pansexual child, said she was dumbfounded when she learned Disney had produced content with only a handful of queer leads. Burke also appeared to make reference to Disney's Reimagine Tomorrow initiative, which pledges in part that 50% of regular and recurring characters across general Disney General Entertainment Scripted content will come from underrepresented groups. So they're basically going to be stuffing Disney content with LGBTQIA characters. So it's really a sexualization of children. It's this pushing of the transgender agenda. And um, some of it is even normalizing child pornography, in my view. And that leads into my final topic, um, and this is from New York Post, and it was published today, actually. Katanji Brown-Jackson chose leniency even in baby sex torture cases. And this is obviously to do with the uh, nomination of Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, who has uh, re repeatedly given very lenient sentences to child pornographers. In eight child porn cases that came before her court, former D.C. District Court Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson heard horrifying details of sadomasochistic torture of young kids, including infants and toddlers, yet challenged the disturbing evidence presented by prosecutors and disregarded their prison recommendations to give the lightest possible punishments in each case according to transcripts of sentenced he sentencing hearings obtained by the Post. Now, I know this is not very pleasant content, but if this woman is appointed to the Supreme Court, then it's a disaster because this is just supporting this whole horrific child sexual abuse. In some cases, she even apologised to some of the kiddie porn perverts for having to follow the statutes, which she called substantially flawed. Over and over, the records reveal Jackson made excuses for the sex fiend's criminal behaviour and cut them slack in defiance of investigators and prosecutors and sometimes even prob probation officers serving her court who argued for tougher sentences because the cases were particularly egregious or the defendants weren't remorseful. And there's an image of her sitting in the um, nomination hearings and she just looks evil, I have to say. 
The fuller record of her orders as a trial judge detailed here for the first time undercuts the White House's and Senate Democrats' argument that her sentences were within the normal range or mainstream of child porn cases as they try to defend the Supreme Court nod against growing allegations she is soft on crime. Jackson, 51, who tried the cases as an Obama appointee from 2013 to 2021, was nominated earlier this year by President Biden, who pledged during the campaign to put the first black woman on the high bench. The Senate will vote on her confirmation next week. In July 2020, Jackson gave the bare minimum sentence to a defendant convicted of distributing images of videos of infants being sexually abused and who had boasted of molesting his 13-year-old cousin, even though she knew the defendant refused to take full responsibility for his crimes, a transcript reveals. In 2018, Christopher Michael Downs was busted trading child porn in a private online chat room, pedos only, including images of adult males raping a prepubescent female child, according to court records. He posted 33 graphic photos, including an image of a naked female child as young as two years old. Downs, then 30, told the group, I once fooled around with my 13-year-old cousin. He also uploaded a 10-second video of, of a prepubescent female lying in a bathtub and with an adult male inserting his penis into her mouth. In her April 2021 sentencing of child porn distributor Ryan Manning Cooper, Jackson contradicted the findings of prosecutors dismissing the crimes they described as on the more egregious or extreme spectrum of child porn as not especially egregious. Among the more than 600 images, prosecutors told the judge he traded were sexually explicit pics depicting bondage of infants and toddlers. Prosecutors also busted him with a video of a prepubescent boy being penetrated anally and orally by an older male. I don't think I can go through with reading you all this because it is so disgusting. And also what this woman, if you can call her a woman, she obviously doesn't know what one is, um, is forgetting about the poor victims of these perverts. I mean, those children have been horrifically abused and it's like, you know, tossed aside as if that has no bearing on the sentencing that should be made. Because if she allows this these people to have lenient sentences, then there's no deterrent and there's continuing market for this disgusting material, which means they will be looking for more child victims in order to produce this porn. You can probably tell I am really pissed off about this and I hope to God that this woman is not confirmed to the Supreme Court. Hmm. Anyway, just to round this up, <laughs> I'll try and finish on a lighter note. I think the point here is what I was um, covering earlier is that all of this is being exposed now. It's literally out in the open, uh, the evil of these people and the, the satanic Luciferian agenda and the attempt to turn all these kids into transgender and in the process, you know, to also abuse them um, as victims of pedophiles. Um, but the fact that it's out in the open, you know, light is the greatest disinfectant. These people are going to face justice and God will win over this perversion, I have no doubt. And more and more people are standing up to it and saying, we, we, this is completely unacceptable. We will, will not allow this to continue. So. I do believe things are coming to a head. I think all of this is, you know, we're getting close to the denouement where all the parts of the plot are brought together and the story is told and then, you know, the, the criminals face justice. I certainly hope that will be sooner rather than later. So that's all I have time for today. Um, I hope you have enjoyed the show. I know it, some of this material is not exactly for enjoyment, but 
you know, it's important to pass this information on so people's eyes are open to what is really going on in this world. I hope you'll join me for my show on Wednesday. Uh, Thank you for listening. And I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and also Derek Condit of mysticalwares.com who sponsors these shows and makes them all possible. So please visit the website mysticalwares.com for a wonderful range of crystals and shungite and all sorts of other really metaphysical uh, treasures, shall we say. So you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com and stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. 